Hello, my friends. I hope that you are all hanging in there. I know that for many of us, this is sort of that time of year where the light is at the end of the tunnel and our busy season is starting to finally slow down. So I hope that you are getting some opportunities to rest and enjoy the fruits of your year-long labor. I always start to get lots of ideas at this time of year. Um, It's like my brain finally has a time to rest. So I figured that, you know, now would be a good time. Maybe you're like me and this is when you start to think about what you're going to do with the months that are coming up where maybe you don't have as much actual shooting work to do. So, you know, a lot of us take that opportunity to focus on some of the business stuff and how we're going to set ourselves up for good success going forward. So I figured that I would really, you know, think about who I was going to bring on the show this season to inspire you, get those wheels turning, give you some sort of up-to-date information. And today's guest is perfect for that. Her name is Julie Christie, and she runs a membership for photographers called Togs and Business, where she focuses on a lot of different business things, but specifically she is known as a marketing expert. And so I wanted to ask her to talk about sort of marketing from like the 30,000 foot view, the the um, the strategy that goes into smart marketing, because that's what we can all use. And when I pitched that idea to her, she came back and said, let's talk about content marketing. And as soon as she said that, I was like, yes, perfect. Content marketing is exactly the sort of thing that does require a little bit of thought and time to set up. So it is the perfect thing to think about and start to implement at that beginning of the year. So I know you're going to love today's conversation. I'm just going to get out of the way and let you enjoy it. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Hey, Julie, it is so great to have you on This Can't Be That Hard. How are you today? I am amazing. I'm so glad to be here, Anami. Yay. Well, it is. Um, I am excited to chat with you. I feel like you have such an incredible marketing mind, which is something that so many photographers are like, help, I need help. And so I'm going to just pick your brain as much as possible today, if that's okay with you. Oh, good. I, I hope it's working properly for you. <laughs> My brain that is. Yes, indeed. It's like that cup of coffee before the podcast uh, interview. Yes. Well, good. Well, why don't we start by having you, I'm going to just have you do an introduction about who you are and what you teach and all that sort of good stuff. Sure. So I am Julie Christie from Scotland and I have a membership site for photographers really focused on the business and especially the marketing side of photography. We all know that us creatives really struggle with that side at times. So that's really my zone of genius. I love the marketing more than the photography, to be honest. Um, Took me a bit, it was a bit of a journey for me to realize that and step into it. But this is where, this is my happy place. I love marketing. I love, I see it as 
you know, when you're so excited about a a photograph you've just taken and you just can't wait to get home and see what you can do with that and how you can make it better. You, you're driving home thinking about all of this. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, that's marketing. I find that creative. I have like an idea and then I just can't wait to get working on it. So, and I think it's my purpose really is to show photographers that they can take their creativity and they can put it into their marketing and it can be just as much fun as editing their favorite photograph. It's like, you're my sister across the pond. <laughs> I feel exactly the same way about, um, about yeah. Creativity in your business. Like why does your creativity have to be limited to the photos that you create? hundred um, percent. So that's fantastic. Did, did you have any kind of, uh, this is a question I don't know the answer to. Did you have any um, marketing background before you got into photography or is this something that you just kind of came to as you were doing it for your own photograph uh, photography business? Absolutely not. Well, I mean, I, I did do, I did start a university course in um, media and communication, but no, I would say that did not help me at all. <laughs> um, so when I started my photography business, I had no marketing background. I did the same as most photographers and said, I don't do marketing. I'm not into marketing. I'm I'm really crap at marketing. So I did all of that and then decided that I really needed to learn more about it. Started to do online courses, take my read lots and lots of different books, follow lots of blogs, listen to podcasts, and realized that I became, I actually became completely obsessed with it and I realized I loved it. So no formal um, education in that department, just lots and lots of years experience now within the photography industry with my own business and now with lots of my members business and just watching the the landscape change has been really interesting to me because the th- the thing that gets my goat a little bit is that there are all these kind of marketing blueprints that haven't changed in a decade or more. And I'm like, well, clients have changed. The internet has changed everything. Cameras are different. You know, everything's more accessible. People expect different things. And with that, your marketing has to change too. So I'm forever looking at new ways to market photography businesses, but also thinking about personality of the photographer Mm -hmm. and the aspirations that photographer might have. Everyone is different, right? So marketing your business should be different for every single photographer and it should evolve over time as the landscape changes too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, when did you start your photography business? 2010. Okay. So same time as me. And I feel like then I mean, I, you probably did this too. I had a, a blog where I blogged each of my sessions for, I think six years <laughs> yeah. and that was, that was huge. Um, and it's kind of appropriate for what we're talking about today, which is content marketing specifically, yes. but, um, and I know that some people do still blog, but even the nature of blogs seems to have changed over time. So yeah, I, yes, d- I definitely, definitely feel like there are different things to, um, to consider when you're trying to come up with your marketing strategy or your marketing plan. I mean, it used to be enough, didn't it? It used to be enough to just blog your sessions and to share some sneak peeks on your Facebook page. And I remember in in those early days, I would like post once to Facebook and get an inquiry. It was that simple. And I wasn't 
really putting much effort into what I was writing or what I was showing. It was just an open market. It was so easy to reach your clients. So it just isn't like that now. And I think there are lots of photographers who've been around for many, many years and it's easy to look at them and their well-established businesses, which, and they're, you know, they're engaged audiences, but you've got to remember that those audiences were built in a time where it was simpler. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's a lot more difficult now for newer photographers to come into the marketplace and be visible And I think it's important to let them know that or else they can feel like, well, what am I doing wrong? You know, why am I not getting this visibility and this success? It's simply because it's much harder. Yeah. Setting your expectations is, um, and, and realistic expectations is such an important thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean that, well, let's, let's just dive right into content marketing. So talk a little bit about what content marketing is. Okay. So for me, the big problem is we've t- we touched on that is this competition, the competition mm-hmm. for attention. So not only is the online space very busy, but there are lots of photographers. And I know we everyone talks about that all the time. So we need to be more visible. We need to be top of mind. But also clients now in 2021 are doing way more research. Mm-hmm. They need way more information and comfort before they will actually reach out to you and hire you. So if you don't have great content there for those clients, then they can't do that research properly or not as thoroughly as they'd like. And you're probably losing out on the really good clients because the thing is that the smarter your ideal client is, the more content they'll need. And mm-hmm. maybe the, and also the more introverted client who tend to be very loyal and they value what you do. They need lots of content. They, they're not people who just spur of the moment reach out to you. That's not who they are. And these are the best people. These are the best people you can work with. And they're the easiest clients to work with because they've educated themselves beforehand. They've gotten to know you and like you and trust you online first. So when you do finally work with them, you're going to really enjoy spending time with them. They're going to love you. They're going to spend well. They're going to recommend you. Hopefully they'll work with you again if if that's possible to do with you. So it is becoming more and more important that you have lots of content, but also really quite high quality content for your business and that that is being created and published and distributed in a really effective way so that it increases your visibility and allows those perfect people to like deepen that relationship with you, do their research, and then eventually make that amazing decision to work with you. Yeah. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I want to underline what you're saying about the fact that when someone has done that amount of research and they have really come to that decision, what's beautiful about that is that then when, by the time they get to the point where they're reaching out to you, there is no real sales pitch that you need to give. It's just a conversation to sort of, you know, to, to bridge them from where they haven't paid you to where they have. Um, So that is, uh, that is wonderful. So that is the best, best part. 
It is. It really, it really is. is. Um, and I, I'm a consumer like that. So I think if, if you are a consumer who does, the, I mean, I don't buy anything without researching it to the nth degree. I've got all the information I could possibly want at my fingertips. And then I reach out and it's like, I'm just ready to buy. Just how much is it? Just right. give it to me. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, so when we say content, what are we talking about? Where do people go deep dive and do all this research? So I think the easiest way to create content and distribute it is to have to start with key content. So that could be a blog. Maybe you decide that, okay, I'm more comfortable writing. So it could be a blog that lives on your website and then you write blog posts once a week. And that's your key content. But really, that doesn't, it doesn't have to be a blog. You know, it can be videos that you create once a week, just really raw and real videos where you maybe you're doing it live, maybe you're doing it pre-recorded, or like what you're doing right now, a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I think start with your key content and think, okay, what suits me best? Don't think about your ideal client yet, because if it doesn't suit you, it's never going to work. You know, am I more comfortable writing? Am I more comfortable talking? Um, is video or podcast going to be best for me? And just think about what suits you best, because there, there's always going to be an audience for it, regardless of what you choose. And the reason I say start with key content is because you want that key content on your website because that's what's going to eventually, it's not, it's not a short game, but in the long term, that's what's going to increase your domain authority. You know, you're going to be putting your search engine optimization on there. You're going to be using your keywords with the content. And in time, you're going to, that content is going to allow you to climb these search results that your you know, search results that your ideal client is searching for. Does that make any sense? I'm yeah, yeah. losing my track. No. But in the short term, I mean, that's a long game. We know that SEO takes some time and you know, getting to the top of these search results takes time. But in the short term, you can then be taking that key content and you can easily, with one blog post, if you really think about it strategically, which is what we'll talk about, you could easily get 20 pieces of micro content from one podcast or one video or one blog post. And that's your social media. So you can mm -hmm. just take little key points from that piece of content and pop it onto Instagram or LinkedIn, wherever you are. You can also then take it and repurpose it into an email for your email list. Mm -hmm. And I would have to say for me, that's the most important part because that's where most of your, once you have a good email list, that is where most of your leads and bookings will come from. So it's like one piece of, I think when you talk about, okay, you have to have a blog post and you have to post to social media several times a week and you have to email your list. It's like people's heads just explode. They shrink back from that. They get paralyzed by overwhelm. But when you start by saying, look, you only need one piece of key content. That's mm -hmm. all you need because everything else can come from that. And so I like to start with there. So key content, and we're saying that that could be a blog post, it could be a video, it could be a podcast. So we are sort of doing the eyes and the ears. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you take that and you sort of expand it into multiple pieces of content. So let's talk about Absolutely. 
what those can be. So you're saying emails, obviously that's a, yes. and then what are the other channels that that can be sort of repurposed for? So let's, let's do an example. Let's say some, we have a photographer whose main social media platform is Instagram. And I would say you should just have a main social media platform mm-hmm. rather than trying to, if you're, if you work alone, maybe if you have a team, you can do this differently. But if you work alone, I think one killing it on one social media platform is all you need to do, especially if you have key content on your website. So let's say someone has an Instagram account and they are creating weekly blog posts or even two weekly blog posts. You know, it's, it's okay if it's not quite as often as weekly. Let's talk about branding photography because that's so hot right now. So they're a branding photographer and they're thinking about, they write a blog post about the five um, essential or the five key poses that they would do. Or in fact, um, the five um, props that they would use in most branding photo shoots, like, you know, the coffee cup shop sure, sure, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So that's one blog post. But if you can imagine then taking that onto Instagram, you don't want to write an Instagram post with all the five different shots that you can have in a branding shoot. You want to take each shot individually mm-hmm. and write an inst- create an Instagram post about that. So you could have a carousel, for example, with all of them. That could be one post. You could then get onto Instagram Live and talk through your blog post and show some of the images. So this can span months. You know, you could schedule like 20 different posts across a couple of months. Um, You could then break that down and talk about each shot individually. But remember, these are just um, graphics and captions. So then you could maybe think, okay, how can I turn that into a reel? And then, you know, search for some good audio and turn one of those key points into a reel. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing the same thing in lots and lots of different ways, because how many people see each Instagram post? You know, right. it's a tiny percentage of your audience. So I, I think this this gets in the way sometimes with photographers that they think, well, I've already written that blog post. I shared the blog post to Instagram. I sent it to my email list. That's it. I can't keep hammering people over the head with it you're like well actually you really have to do that you have Mm -hmm. to tell them over and over and over again in as many different ways as you can and then do it all again Mm -hmm. (laughs) actually show the same posts next year because a tiny percentage are seeing it and and everyone's at a different stage in the journey some of them are have just discovered you and they're not quite ready to get in touch yet some of them are in that middle stage of the journey where they're they became aware of you a couple of months ago they're starting to get more interested and some of them are actually ready to book so you have to get them you have to keep going you have to keep that wheel turning and showing them the same kind of things at different times so that when the time comes where they are ready you're there with your content but you have to think about it in micro content and yeah, with you have to think about micro content rather than I have created this one piece of key content. I can only use it three times and that's it gone. Mm-hmm. It can serve you for so, so long. And I think it's really important to, I think a lot of people put um, a lot of effort on the micro content because, or they spend a lot of time on the micro content because it's, because they can create it in these micro pieces. So it seems like less work. But if you 
are strategic about it and you do create, we'll call it macro content, you know, that key content where you really think through like, okay, you know, I want to talk about this subject and then I can break it down. Um, the stuff that lives on your website is sort of evergreen that will, you know, people will come to your website years later potentially and see those. And it's so good. You know, you raised this, but for SEO and that sort of thing, it, um, it really is worth the effort. But what you're talking about is a fair amount of work to be that strategic. Can you sort of talk through, I feel like, you know, I'm a systems person. I love systems. Um, can you talk through the system that somebody could kind of put in place to create content and how they could make this feel a little less overwhelming? Absolutely. I think, first of all, it's important to say that um, it's important to acknowledge that it is a lot of work. You know, I don't, I hate it when people, you know, gurus are talking about, you know, this 10 minutes a day is all you need because we all know that's nonsense. And it's also important to say that you can outsource some of this. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are someone who thinks, who has a business head and tries to think with their business head, then you'll know that if you can outsource certain elements of your marketing, it will pay for itself and more. Mm-hmm. And you can do it before you you can afford it because the time that you save is going to then hopefully be spent on money-making activities, you know, like following up on leads or nurturing past clients to work with you again or recommend you. You know, these are all things you could be doing. So here's the system though. You asked about a system. So what I would be doing ideally and what I do do is I would be creating the key content. I would never outsource that to anyone because I've never heard a success story ever. You know, I think that you're, when you're a photographer, it's a very, very personal business. You have to get your personality into the content. It has to be literally dripping with you. Mm -hmm. So no one else can do that for you. So you have to create that key content, but it doesn't have to be that meaty. And I would recommend writing or talking about things that you can talk about in your sleep to begin with. So, you know, sitting down and brainstorming as many questions as possible that you know your potential clients have. Every little question imaginable that comes up time and time again. And you will probably end up with about 50 of them because we're not talking about big questions. We're talking about little ones. And then brainstorming every single concern that a potential client has about working with you. And then every single desire they have about working with you. And from that 10 minutes, you will have a year's worth of content easily. And you the reason it will be a year's worth is because I'm talking about talking about tiny things. Don't write about huge topics, write about little tiny topics. And when you sit down to create your first lot of key content, choose the easiest ones and just let it spill out of you. Don't think too much, just let it fall. And if you're if you choose video, you will probably find it's a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say. <laughs> Yeah, you can just get on video. I mean, I know it's scary for so many people, but if you can just get comfortable with being uncomfortable, if you can get on video and just talk naturally about that topic and don't worry about editing out the ums and the ahs and things, just be real. It's going to be a lot quicker. 
But if you're blogging, if you're more of a writer, it will take you that little bit longer. That's okay. But just let it flow mm-hmm. and don't overthink it. Write about the easy stuff first. And what I would say is then, you know, try and give yourself an hour max to create your key content and really try and push yourself to that in the beginning. You will find that the more you do, the quicker you'll get. And from there, you could then schedule in, you know, 30 minutes a day where you use that content, that key content, and you write down some ideas for micro content. Now, at that point, that's where I would outsource. Okay. So I've done the key content, I've written the ideas for the micro content, and I would pass it to a social media manager to create for me. So I've done it. It's my work, but, you know, she's going to make it all Instagrammable and things like that. But if you're doing it yourself, then I would like have a day a week where that's what you do. Or if you were someone who doesn't like to batch content like that, then, you know, 30 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. something like that. But my biggest piece of advice here would be don't go with what everyone else does. Just do what's right. You'll know how you work best. Mm -hmm. So I'm not someone who can batch that far ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a as as I go type person. So you have to know who you are and you have to know what's going to suit you. But what I would say is just don't let perfectionism get in the way. Just keep it short and sweet. Talk about what you know, what you're comfortable with so you don't have to do much research in the mm-hmm. beginning and just create very tiny bits of content from that, knowing that it's going to take you longer to begin with. And then this time next year, you'll be blitzing it out so so quick and hopefully maybe you will have outsourced that element of it which will save you huge amounts of time Mm -hmm. so let's say somebody sits down to brain dump these questions let's um I have a couple of questions about this number one if they are hitting a wall like I don't know I don't know what to talk about do you have any tips for where they can go to inspire those kinds of thoughts like Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com club to sign up. Do you know, the first thing I would say about that would be, are they familiar enough? I think if you, if you're completely stuck with that, that would send my first, if, if a member gets in touch with me to say something like that, like, I can't think of, I can't think what this person would be worried about, what their questions they would have. I immediately start thinking, okay, do you have the right business here? You know, are you trying to serve the right client? Are Mm -hmm. they, because that sends a signal to me that, okay, you've chosen a client maybe that you don't have much in common with. 
mm-hmm. that you don't really even maybe like that well or you don't know that well because it should be so simple when you've chosen the right ideal client who is someone who is just like you maybe has a bit more money than you but that doesn't matter you know they're just like you in terms of what they worry about what they want um what they care about the sense of humor they have so it should spill out of you because it's kind of you mm-hmm. um, but if you are hitting a, bl- a brick wall i would literally just go to your audience and your past clients and i would ask mm-hmm. you know i'd have a questionnaire that they can fill in or i would use it for content for my social media you know just one question at a time um like for example um what do you what prevents you when you think about booking a brand shoot, what prevents you from getting in touch with a photographer? And you're going to get all these answers. Mm-hmm. And that's probably going to give you 20 key content, pieces of key content alone. Um, and another question might be, um, what worries do you have about the outcome of a photo shoot? What do you worry might happen that you might be disappointed with? Or what's the what's the biggest thing you want as a result of a family photo shoot? You know, so you're going to get lots of different answers and you're going to get lots and lots of different, you're going to get just food for thought and content ideas from asking these questions, but it's also going to double as marketing for you and your business. So asking past clients, asking your audiences. Great. I love it. So we start with the key content. We create this micro content. How, um, how do we, that's a lot of giving. What about the sort of call to action? How do you, how do you recommend managing that? So when you are producing this like surface level content, which we, as photographers, we need to do. So, you know, sharing your work, your most recent work, of course, that's important. Um, or maybe, some kind of engagement piece of content where really all you want is for them to comment underneath, you know, reply to you, that kind of thing, or, you know, hit the heart button. But we need so much more than that when it comes to our micro content. You also have to have content on social media where you're saying, look, here's me answering a question I know you have. So Are you waiting in the wings there to work with me? Have you been thinking about it? Let's get into the DMs and, you know, send me a DM and let's talk about working together or um, go to the link in my bio and book a call with me. You have to be sharing those calls to action whenever you have a piece of content that you know is a converting piece of content. So when you're answering a question, for example, any any content that breaks down a barrier that people have. So if you think about all the different followers you might have on Instagram, there's only going to be a few at any time who are genuinely thinking about working with you, but they are riddled with insecurities. They're riddled with, they have lots of questions. They have concerns. So what you should be thinking about is, Has the piece of content I've just created, has that broken down a barrier? Has that crushed an objection? Has it answered a question? And if the answer is yes, the call to action should be your big one. Mm -hmm. It should be, right, guys, you know, right, I see you there. I know you've been thinking about working with me. Send me a DM. I'm literally waiting to talk with you. Or click the link in my bio. Please book a call. There's no obligation. I just want, let's just talk, you know, let's get to know each other, see if we're a good fit. If you don't ask, 
then they won't do it. But the call to action has to match the content. This is the, this is the really important thing. So if your content isn't that sort of like objection crushing, does that mean that you don't have a call to action or do you have a different kind of call to action? I would, I would just have a more um, relationship, deepening the relationship kind of call to action. So promoting some engagement under my post, for example. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I would ask a question, maybe I would share an image and actually this is another important thing is a lot of photographers on social media sharing their images, which is so important, but not telling a story with them. So, you know, sometimes you can be just sharing your recent work, but you can be telling a really important story mm-hmm. that addresses a question or addresses a desire or, ans- or, you know, addresses a concern. So in that type of situation, I would maybe go for my big call to action as well. But if you're sharing a post um, and it's more about, it's more engagement, like, um, what do you guys think, color or black and white? Let me know in the comments. It can be as simple as that. Or it can maybe be a more personal post where you're sharing something about, oh, I'm just not feeling it today. Do you ever get days like that? What do you do on days like this to get yourself out of your funk? Let me know in the comments. So it's just matching the call to action with the post, but always having a call to action, You know, always having that hook, that first line being the hook, because that's all they're going to see. Mm-hmm. making sure that it really intrigues them or it calls them out so they need to read it and always ending with that call to action. Excellent. I love it. That's it's such a good reminder and I feel like we all need it on a regular basis. We the do. uh you know that whole like social media should be social thing. It's so easy to fall into just like here's a picture, here's a picture. Look at my pretty work. <laughs> In which case, what is your call to action? Like, enjoy my art gallery. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But And we need to be telling stories where photographers are gifted with these images that I know you've created them, but there is a story in every single image that you share to social media. So why are you not telling it? Don't just say, oh, aren't they beautiful? No, there's like, what was it about that little girl on that day, did she do something cute? Did she do something funny? Did she say, did you see a shift in her where she was shy at the beginning? And then she came out of her shell at the end, or if it's a wedding, was there some part of that day where you just went, oh yes, I love that little five second moment. Tell that story because that's the kind of story people, they just get goosebumps. They feel it so much, but also it tells them a lot about you and how much you care about your clients and how much you care about people and love and relationships and connection. So, you know, tell those little, tiny, almost boring stories, you know, don't, not the big stories, just the tiny human stories. And you will see a huge uptake, a huge uptick in engagement. Mm -hmm. And then when people engage, even if you're not going with your big call to action, maybe you're just saying, you know, have you ever had a moment like this? Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. Then in the comments, look out for the people who you just get this sense of, oh my goodness, yeah, they get it. Mm -hmm. And reply to them and say, have you ever had a family shoot yourself? Don't be shy to just ask that question. You know, you know, agree with them, uh, make sure that they can see that you're similar and then say to them, have you ever done something like this? You know, and you, you just don't know where that can lead to. 
maybe you can then take it into the DMs or you can ask them to get in touch with you, but be proactive with people that you feel have shared values and shared sense of what's important to you. These are the people you're going to love working with. Yeah. And we have to remember too, that photography is one of those things that people, unless they have a specific milestone that they have to book a photographer for like a wedding or a birth, you know, like a newborn shoot, something like that. There's a lot of dragging your feet and it's very easy to put this, you know, expensive, difficult, sometimes hard to justify to your partner thing that you want, you can put that at the bottom of your list over and over and over again. So those calls to action can really do our clients a service by reminding them like, do it now. (laughs) You know, there's a reason to get in touch right now. Absolutely. So good. Excellent. So let's talk briefly about the sort of nuts and bolts of marketing. You mentioned earlier, like half an hour a day or block off a day to, you know, work on all this stuff. Is that what you would say? I mean, marketing is such an important big part of what we do, right? Like, obviously, it's going to take up some time, but how much time do you feel like once you get in the groove, if you're being systematic and um, and sort of intentional about your marketing, what, you know, how many hours a week do you think that that should be, that one should budget for that? I think in the beginning, and it's important to say this in the beginning, it's always going to take longer and mm-hmm. you have to acknowledge that and know that it's going to be quicker eventually. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when I started with my own key content and micro content, I just, you know, at the end of the week, head in hands thinking, I can never do this. This has taken me almost all of my time. Right. But it's because I was learning as I went and I was doing everything upside down and making lots of mistakes and being a perfectionist. So that's the first thing. It will get quicker. Mm-hmm. And so if I was to say when you're in the groove, when you're definitely in the zone, I believe that an hour a day would be perfect, Mm -hmm. but I know not everyone has an hour a day. 30 minutes a day would be enough to get, you know, maybe two pieces of key content out there per month Mm -hmm. and lots and lots of micro content and obviously emails as well. So I think half an hour a day is manageable, not for weekly content, I don't believe, but it depends how quick you are. I mean, if you're someone who's going to do video and you're just going to speak to the camera and go with it, then everything's going to be a bit quicker. If you're more of a blog post person and you you know want to write it all beautifully, it might take a bit longer. So I would say half an hour a day minimum, an hour a day optimum, but then if you decide you want to outsource, and again, I would say the outsourcing part should happen after you've created the key content, then it's going to be way less than that. Yeah, that's great. And it has to happen first. I think this is, I'm constantly going on about this, but people tend to put it at the bottom of the list. But if you always do your half hour first, then it will always get done. Mm-hmm. If you think you're going to do your marketing at the end of the day, you are kidding yourself <laughs> completely. And people will say to me, you know, photographers will say, but I have three weddings to edit. I have client emails I have to respond to. And I'm like, well, they will be there in 30 minutes time. Nothing can, there's none of that cannot wait 
for 30 minutes. If you don't do this marketing right now, you might not have weddings next month. You know, you might not have weddings for next year, I should say, but it, it has to happen. Even when you're busy and you think you're always going to be busy, if you neglect that 30 minutes. And I think the thing is as well, you have to look ahead to the future. So we talked earlier about the photographers who are well-established and they have these large engaged audiences because it's not enough to have a large audience. You have to have an engaged audience. So they have this audience, they have this um, established business and they probably don't have to do that. They probably don't have to focus too much on key content for their website anymore and They'll probably be um, posting to Instagram, but not giving that much thought to it. And that's the beautiful thing about this is if you have a system where you're creating regular good content for your website and repurposing that to social and email, then in a few years time, you will absolutely be able to take your foot off the gas because there's this compound effect, this tipping point that comes where you suddenly realize that almost all your leads are from referrals or past clients Mm -hmm. and Google searches Mm -hmm. because of all the work you put in, in those earlier days. So you have to eyes on the prize because you will not always have to do it. You really won't. You can take your foot off the gas. I, which is such a good reminder. And that is 100% true. I find, you know, having been in business for 11 years and having, that many years of even just having a website on Google that has been active for 11 years means that I get Google, you know, people finding me all the time and I'm not doing anything actively with that these days. So it is, um, it is, that's, and that's an amazing place to be in. It feels great when you get there. Well, and, but when you're new and you're looking at people in that place, I understand the, the, you know, instant feeling is like jealousy or, uh, I just wish I were there. But, you know, when you look at those people, what do they all have in common? They put in the time they did the work and they kept showing up. And yeah, the way that you do that is to to put it on the schedule. Have you ever heard something on Instagram recently that's, I think it was, um, Something about there are doors opening that you can't even see yet. You know, all this work that you're doing right now is opening doors for you that you can't see yet. And it's so true. And it is hard. We want that instant gratification, but we know that that's not how the world works. Right. So, yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge that you will not have to um, have a system like that for long if -hmm. you do it well. Mm -hmm. It's a, a case of work really hard right now. And then enjoy it later. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what really (laughs) there is to your point from before about there are a lot of uh, people out there who want to sell you something who are like, it's just easy five minutes a day. And something in your brain says, huh, that seems too easy to be true. It probably is. Um, Yeah, that's great. So a couple of just easy questions. Um, what do you wish more photographers knew about marketing? I wish more photographers knew that marketing is literally just connection and that if they could just share even a little bit of themselves in their marketing, they would see a huge difference in leads and bookings. It's as simple as that people. It's a hugely personal service, And 
competition is so huge now that almost the only differentiation you have now, it was different. Even in 2010, when we started our business, it was different. Now, I honestly believe the only differentiation you have is yourself and your personality, your values, your humor. And if you're not showing that online, in your website, across your socials, in email, then you're not going to be the only choice for someone because the only choice is the person they relate to most, the person they connect with most, the person they feel um, most like and trust towards. So get yourself into your marketing, um, warts and all. Love it. And then my final question is just, is there anything these days that's on the news side that you see that is working really well for photographers in terms of marketing strategies? Um, I would say, so one of my favorite things to do is a waiting list, mm-hmm. um, you know, really just producing content that creates a lot of desire and you know, crushes objections people have about a certain service, but not really allowing them to buy quite yet. So maybe it's something you're planning for the future and really building a buzz around that and allowing people to join a list. So, you know, you could, so you're, you know, you're putting the details together. You don't quite have the final details. You're thinking about locations. You're thinking about um, the actual offer itself, what you're going to include. But in the meantime, get yourself on my waiting list. You're going to be the first to know that. For my members, that seems to be something that works really well and allows them to get multiple bookings in at the same time, yeah. which then gives them a buffer to serve those clients amazingly well, collect the stories and be thinking about the next marketing campaign. So I I love any kind of marketing campaign that allows you to get multiple bookings at the same time, rather than just chasing that one client at a time. That's my favorite thing. Super smart. I love it. The pre-sale of an offer. Yes. (laughs) The buzz building. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, for real. And getting people sort of excited um, about something which leads directly into a, a, now it's time, the doors are open, call to action. Um, Wonderful. Well, Julie, this has been just full of amazing information. I love chatting with you. I'm definitely going to have to bring you back again and we'll talk about a different part of marketing, but um, I've loved being on. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. In the meantime, let people know where they can find you. They can find me. Instagram's probably my favorite place to hang out, which I can't believe uh, two years ago that would not have been the, the case. But yeah, I'm at Togs and Business on Instagram. And if they would like to delve a little deeper into the like marketing campaigns for photographers, um, there is a link in my bio to my free masterclass there as well. But I would love to first and foremost connect with them on Instagram. Excellent. Well, Julie, thanks so much. I hope you have a great day and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Anime. Great to speak with you. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.